Oh, hey, y'all. You ready? I'm barely ready, but we're here. The Robert Chabell Show is about to begin. And we got, what, a lineup that includes one of my health freedom heroes, Diane Miller from the National Health Freedom Action, National Health Freedom Coalition. We've got the big event coming up, the 13th one ever, National Health Freedom Congress. We're going to talk about that. Hopefully, y'all will plan to be there, Minneapolis, St. Paul, September 23rd, 24th. That's something. How about the FDA doing a sting operation on a retired naturopath in Washington State for daring to sell an herbal product that could, could might, might could help you if COVID should rear its ugly head or whatever you think that is? That's a great use of taxpayer funds, right? While FDA is killing you, they're coming out to make sure you're not helped. We'll talk about that as well. Also, the uh, Nuremberg Code, you heard about that? 75 years, there was a big event. Vera Sharab was there, also Mary Holland. She wrote an article about her experience there at uh at the nuremberg code anniversary so we'll talk about that when we open up the show so tell your friends gather around come to robertscottbell.com slash listen check us out in the chat room bring your friends and then find out who has the power to heal about about right about now (laughs) go ahead The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Oh, why would it, or why could it be, or why should it be controversial at all to provide something known as informed consent when you are providing experimental new medications, medicines, or testing them? Why is that at all a controversy? Why is it that we have been banned for bringing up the Nuremberg Code? I find that interesting. Of all the things that we've been temporarily or sometimes permanently banned for and deplatformed for, talking about the Nuremberg trials, you'd think that'd be the last thing anybody would be banned for. I mean, who could be against the results of that? Which basically instituted a policy that said, you know, anybody that's a signatory to this would not engage, support, in any way fund studies that deny people the right to fully informed consent. If you don't know history, 75 years ago, this is what happened after World War II. The Nazi uh, regime and their medical doctors and scientists experimented upon in a vile manner that that led to dismemberment, disability, and death of those who were deemed less than human in some way, shape, or form. Whether it was because of their religious beliefs, if they were Jewish, were they gay, were they gypsies? Were they mentally handicapped in some way? Were they useless eaters? And the things that we would say, that's, a, that's horrific and outrageous at any point in time, are now relegated to the censorship ash heap because, my gosh, what if somebody picked up on the reality that everything we have witnessed in the United States and much of the Western world surrounding COVID injections that they wrongly call vaccines that somebody might link the two together and say, wait a second. Anybody who's been told that they had to get one of these shots, or even if they didn't have to get it, that they were going to give it, we're we're not given any informed consent. We're not given the information that this is an experiment. We're not given the information that, well, these are the things that are in it. These are the things that might happen. These are the things that have happened in the clinical trials thus far. And who would be against 
knowing that there are violations of the Nuremberg Code, except those people who violated the Nuremberg Code. Ooh, I know. Maybe that, oh, now it starts to make sense, doesn't it? Hey, boys and girls, we don't want you to know that we violated the Nuremberg Code. Therefore, anybody that mentions it will be banned or relegated to shadow banning, etc. And we open today's show with an article, and it's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. You can see Super Don has added a nice visual. You can see the articles, much less the show that you're on and watching or listening to. If you're live, it's April. No, I'm sorry, August 23rd. It's an A. It's an A word. I don't know, April, August. Who's counting? <laughs> Spring, fall, summer. Anyway, it's today. Wherever you are listening, it's today. Mary Holland wrote this article about, this is a presentation that she gave at the 75th anniversary. Those who violated the Nuremberg Code must be prosecuted for crimes against humanity. Oh, now you understand why they're trying to ban and suppress and censor any mention of violations of the Nuremberg Code in the calendar year 2022. Because if it were acknowledged that these violations went all the way up and down from the most nefarious schemers at the World Economic Forum and the WHO to the CDC and the FDA to Anthony Fauci to your state-level departments of health, your governors, your lieutenant governors, your, your AGs that didn't prosecute, don't even look at this as a problem, down to your localist of local health departments and or physicians and nurses in hospitals, in drugstores, in dock-in-the-boxes or wherever they're giving these shots, at drive through shot delivery systems, that everybody could be on the hook despite the PrEP Act despite the pandemic uh, you know, preparedness kind of thing that said, oh, well, liability, you're absolved from it. Well, I don't know if they could absolve you from the liability of violating the Nuremberg Code. That is an intriguing prospect, isn't it? To bring them up on charges. Is not the United States a signatory? Could it be brought to bear that they have violated something that they claimed that they were party to and supported and had never withdrawn from? Mary Holland brings up some interesting questions. She says this, I deeply wish that U.S., British, Russian, and German government representatives were here to stand with us, as well as representatives of the global mainstream media. It is a sad commentary that they are absent. Well, isn't that interesting? Some of the primary signatories to the Nuremberg Code were not even present at the 75th anniversary revisiting. How is that possible? As Mary Holland says from CHD's Children's Health Defense, for more than 75 years, the Nuremberg Code has been a beacon of light. All medical and legal norms have been based on it since 1947. It's the foundation for modern medical ethics. The code has been incorporated into the U.S. federal and state law, and U.S. courts have recognized the Nuremberg Code as universal international legal standard, like the norms prohibiting slavery and piracy. And she says, she's an attorney in this case, I'll just let you know, that it exists and is enforceable even if a country or institution or individual denies its validity. Consent of the individual is absolutely essential in all medical experimentation, and there are no exceptions. And yet, what have we witnessed in COVID crazy two and a half years? Everybody has become a lab rat. 
and they don't want you to know it, of course, and they don't want you to point out that this is a, a fundamental violation of a code that is held near and dear to many people around the world that know history and the countries that were signatories to it. And in course, of course, I shall say the encoding, if you will, the adoption of the Nuremberg Code into federal, state, and local laws, guidance, guidelines, etc. What happens? When is the first case happening where a suit goes after an individual, whether it be high up the food chain of a Fauci or down at the lowest level of a health department at a local county level and the promotion of experimental injections without informed consent, without letting people know it was even an experiment? Now, most recently, I've heard that uh, many suits that have been laid against the various uh, for armed forces, the, the military branches, they're succeeding and more and more are happening because the claims of, well, the FDA approved version, whether it be community or spike backs, were the ones that they were saying you had to get, despite the fact that they didn't exist on U.S. soil or military based soil anywhere. And now they're saying, well, oh, yeah, they're there now. Really? They're there now? With all of the information, with all of the inserts, with all of the ingredients, everything that the FDA says, uh, we've actually approved those. Oh, and under what liability shield protection does it exist? Because you know that the manufacturers of Comirnaty and Spikevax are not going to send one vial to be injected into one military man or woman, much less anybody else, without being guaranteed that they could not be sued. Should anything happen, injury or death? And we have seen hundreds of thousands of deaths, arguably not because of COVID, but because of the COVID jabs in every age group just about that has received it. I think in every age group that has received it. Serious injuries from cardiac events to cancers to neurological issues. You name it, it's happened. Infertility, stillbirths, miscarriages. Talk about a miscarriage of justice. There is no justice until these people are held to account. And that is Mary Holland's argument. They've forced people on penalty of their livelihoods, their identities, their health, their friendships, and even their family relationships to take inadequately tested experimental gene altering injections, as well as experimental tests and medical devices. And if any of those who did this knowingly and maliciously violated the principles of the Nuremberg Code, they should be held to account. And you wonder in, in, in the court cases, could someone say, I didn't know? You, you, you're not held liable because you're ignorant of the law? I always thought they told us that ignorance is no excuse. I wonder in the case of the Nuremberg Code, is it an excuse? How is it that anybody that has been foisting this on the public, again, at any level, is a respected member of any group or industry? Unless that group or industry is invested in deceiving you, in harming you, and killing you for profit with no recourse or liability. And then you understand, well, of course, that's why they're still held in good standing there. Because the entirety of those industries is designed to subjugate your freedom, to deceive you, to trick you out of it, to not allow you to have even the thought that your body is a very special, if you will, part of your existence 
that should not be desecrated via injections of unknown ingredients from needles, much less forced drugging, etc. And we're not even getting into remdesivir and remdesivir and ventilators yet. This is specific to COVID jabs around the world. And now they admit Burks. Did you see this? Burks admitted. How much is she going to admit before she's taken taken a task for fundamental violations? Just simply lying, but everything that she's done to deceive even Donald Trump, who apparently was not beyond being tricked or fooled, as as smart as he can be, as strategic as he can be. It, it appears very clear that he was played. He had a vulnerability. And as I've said this, what is he afraid of? Maybe his legacy being tarnished, his ego being bruised, and that vulnerability was preyed upon to deceive him and therefore deceive the entire American people. Well, not everybody, not those of you here in the Robert Scott Bell Show audience. Although, granted, many of you came to this show because of the censorship of this show that you found out about and said, if this RSB dude is getting censored, I want to know what he has to say. And again, of all the things we've been censored for, the times that we brought up the Nuremberg Code and the Nuremberg trials, maybe the most shocking of the reasons. You know, we, it's a misinformation, disinformation campaign for you bringing up the Nuremberg Code. Because then they'll say the WHO says that you have been given fully informed consent. The CDC says that you have been given fully informed consent, as does Fauci and Burks, and on and on it goes. But they wouldn't know the definition if it, comes back to bite them on the aspirin if you know what i mean and and as well it should do you have god-given inalienable rights to bodily autonomy oh yeah yeah you do except in the case of an emergency like the constitution with its various escape clauses all of these enumerated powers we grant to the federal government you get to do that and anything else you want to do in case we declare an emergency nowhere in the constitution any more than the Ten Commandments had an escape clause. The last verse Moses forgot to mention. Yeah, in case of emergency, God said, discard these tablets. They don't mean anything. Do whatever you want. No, you know, no one believes that that's there. Maybe people are confused about the Constitution, but the Ten Commandments? So what are we left to do moving forward? Are we looking still to the authority and the authoritarians within government that perpetrated this crime tantamount to the things that happened, yes, under the Nazi Germany regime? Do they have any legitimacy at all when Biden speaks about COVID? Remember the dark winter? Get your dang shots or whoever says those things. There's no legitimacy. There's only illegitimacy. Whether you believe there was a legitimate election or not, someone who goes into office and profoundly discards the Nuremberg Code as if they didn't exist to force everybody under threat of loss of their job, their livelihood, whether you're a military member, a hospital worker, or anything else, federal level, state level, those people deserve to be run out on a rail and then prosecuted for their crimes. Do they not? Am I being too harsh? I don't think I'm being harsh enough. The Nuremberg Codes, 75 years. And I find it ironic, too, that the CDC, 75 years in, Deborah Burks admitting, we've made mistakes. Yes, we have. But you just send us more money and give us more power. We'll do it better this time. 
and you're going to fall for it? Why are we not calling for the disbanding, the dismemberment of the CDC? Anything less is what? Rearranging the deck chairs. You know that? On the disastrous Titanic or whatever you perceive the CDC is at this point. Why are we involved in the WHO? Got to give props to Trump for at least attempting to get us out of it. Didn't last very long, of course. But why do we invest in institutions that are invested in removing us from life itself? And for those of us who remain in life to make our lives as difficult as possible. How many leaders, whether it be Canadian leaders, American leaders, German leaders, Dutch leaders, Australian leaders, New Zealand leaders, all of these so-called leaders within government. Trying to make our lives, those of us who saw through the lies of mRNA injections and COVID scams and said, no, not me, not now, not ever. And they said, we will make your lives as difficult as possible. We'll make it a living hell. So it'll be so hard for you to retain your belief system and live it that you'll acquiesce to our kind, loving and gentle injections with fully informed consent. Excuse me. Coercion, deception, fraud, threats of violence, threats of loss of life, liberty and property. If you don't get the shot, somebody explain to me the Nuremberg code again, or maybe you should explain it to them. Welcome, my friends, to the Robert Scott Bell Show. These are the realities that you will not hear about on many other uh, media outlets, certainly not legacy media, conflicted with pharmaceutical conflicts of interest. And many within the new media, thank goodness they're sort of coming on board, but they've had a blind spot for decades or years now on the health front. They have deferred to authoritarians within medicine, and government, even if they didn't trust big pharma, even if they didn't trust big government when it came to their bodies and medicine and health and, and, and viruses and bacteria and infections, it was suddenly all bets are off. I don't trust them, but here's my body. You can have it. What? What? Cognitive dissonance, anybody? This is why you, you join me here on the Robert Scott Bell show, because we did not have that blind spot. We do not have that blind spot. And we're continuously investigating and digging deep and bringing people on that are empowering you with information, knowledge, and the ability to care for your health, your bodily integrity, to not run in, in fear and in terror. Anytime Leanna, when, or whoever yells, boo virus gain a function or not that you'll know how to defend yourself and you'll know how to correct it moving forward. If you're just discovering this now, welcome, my friends, the water's warm. There's no glyphosate here. Although we'll talk about glyphosate as it relates to, well, I think, let me see this study here. Well, there's a, there's a Parkinson's story a little later. We'll get to, we got questions of the day as well. we got Diane Miller coming up national health freedom coalition. All right, we'll get to those things. Links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. You can sign up for the newsletter by texting RSB to 22828. Text RSB to 22828. There it is. Look on there online if you're watching visually, RSB 22828 to get started. You'll immediately be, you'll respond and you just enter your email. And then you'll get this wonderful newsletter that Super Don is putting out, curating amazing, amazing articles giving you perspectives that you might not get from other places and 
great questions of the day or poll questions of the day that you can respond to. Give us a sense of what you like, what you don't, or what you think about what's happening. There may be something about the Nuremberg Code today. I don't know, but Super Don, welcome back. We're here. You've got new graphics visually. That looks kind of cool. I'm seeing it for the first time. What are you doing? You're pointing? There's no audio from you, but I see you pointing. Yeah. What do you think? Huh? Kind of like, cool? Kind of cool, yeah. Yeah. I'm getting used to it. Because, um, you know, it works in some shots and it may not work in others and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But we're we're, tr- we're trying to put, you know, put new drapes up in the, uh, in the <laughs> RSB show uh, house here. So That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Cool. I, I like the visuals. And it's like, like we don't even have an intern yet and you did that. Yeah, you know. Sometimes I uh, I have ideas. You do, and you you, you execute them very well. So, I try. Anyway, thank you. I try. So listen, we had yeah. we had a guest. A uh, uh, it was Rose Marshall was supposed to be on, but I have yeah. not heard from her. Well, that's weird. I was going to talk about her husband. It's an interesting story, and yeah. it's it's actually in the show notes. You can take a look at it. If we get her rescheduled, we'll get her on to talk about it, so we can get her her uh you know backstory on on what's going on but uh, apparently mm-hmm. this uh, her husband mm-hmm. um rick uh, he's a naturopath or he's a retired naturopath yeah and he came up with some uh solutions for for covid mm-hmm. and you know he, if anybody's listening to this show for any period of time you know that there are times where we have to kind of tap dance around things because, Just to not get banned? Because of the FDA or the oh, FTC, yeah. there are some things, you know, if you say them, mm-hmm. uh, they can come after you. Yeah. And, well, this this Rick Marshall, he apparently uh, decided not to, to pull any punches. Mm-hmm. And so he came right out with information on, on some things that he said uh, could cure COVID. Yeah. And, Dude, 68 years old, Richard Marshall, yeah. Rick Marshall. He was, uh, it was a sting operation. The FDA came to him. Think about all the things that the FDA could be doing to protect the public. Instead, they are foisting experimental use authorizations of deadly injections on us. And they're more worried about what? A 68-year-old retired naturopath who says, hey, I've got this herbal formula that can help you during the time of COVID. Yeah. Remember, we've talked about like uh, they had urgent I don't know, police forces, federal police forces targeting people, anybody. Well, and you look at the date of this. This was right in the thick of things when things were really just just insane. This was in October of 2021. Mm -hmm. And so this is where you had, you know, the uh, whatever the name of that stupid organization uh, that was going after the digital hate thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nimrod Ahmed was his name. Mm -hmm. And and so they were really trying to hammer people because they were spreading, quote, misinformation. So here you got this guy, and he's uh, putting this, this information out, trying to help people. But he's convicted and in October 2021. He was when convicted. They went, this, no, when this, they did this, it was in back in 2020. That was in 2020. That's when this thing was. Yeah, they stung right. him. In March, they called him and posed as a customer, asking about this thing called yes. Dynamic Duo, this so-called right. medicine. Now, Marshall may have been naive because he wanted to help people or his retired naturopath. I don't know. But he stepped in it because he then explained, as they say in this article, it contained garlic and large tree starch saying that one of the substances doesn't boost the immune system. I'm quoting from the news article on this. It just Mm -hmm. kills the virus. Okay, that's not a good thing to say, especially if you've got an FDA agent trying to sting you, trying to entrap you. And he says the other substances boost white blood cells to attack infections. 
And, this and it's something I, called Alamed. Have you heard of that before? Yeah, Alamed is an amazing product. Yeah, Allison yeah, stabilized was, garlic. It's a, it's that a was the other part product. of the duo, I think. And, yeah. And so, uh, and I know I've heard people say that they've had great success with that. So he was yeah. convicted in 2021, and at the time he was facing three years in prison as well as a $10,000 fine. Well, we fast forward mm-hmm. to March of this year. Yeah. And he was sentenced to eight months in prison. Uh, so I, I guess it could have been worse. But the dude's in prison for for eight months, starting it was starting in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but what is his crime? Helping people and their immune systems. Misbranding drugs. Well, and here's the thing: we got the yes. Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act of 1938 passed in 1939, and various revisions since that point in time, including the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994 to shave. And it doesn't allow for anyone to sell a product, a natural product, an herbal product, or, and make a claim that it could uh, cure, prevent, mitigate, treat, you know, any disease, infection included. Now, that's a violation, fundamental violation of your First Amendment right to freedom of speech. Now, I say First Amendment rights. That's not granted by the First Amendment. These rights pre-exist the First Amendment, but it's supposed to be protected, right? The Bill of Rights does not grant you any rights. It's a restriction on government usurping those rights, running roughshod over them. But they said Supreme Court designations is all that. Well, commercial speech is different. They tried to hyphenate speech. Free speech is free as long as you're not trying to sell something that competes with our products, the ones that we regulate. In fact, that we are owned by, the regulators are owned by, pharmaceutical products, whether it be injections, vaccinations or mrna jabs or drugs you, we no, you cannot c- claim to compete with those things we will not allow it even if you have scientific solid scientific evidence or proof that your product does what you say it does you know this is the case in point of jonathan emord whooping up on the fda eight times and still find selenium in a health food store with a claim that it can prevent cure treat cancer which it can and the science is profoundly present to show that evidence. And even though they won the case, he won the case, good luck. The FTC will come and get you, if not the FDA. We live in a state of tyranny. And FTC says, well, the T is actually tyranny, not trade. And here we got, go, a retired naturopath simply trying to help people stumbled into an entrapment scenario of FDA agents trying to get him to say his herbs that he was selling that weren't even his, just others he had found used and benefited people, saying what they actually did was enough to get him thrown in the jail, in jail for eight years, and um, eight months, I saw, and then maybe fine $10,000. Tell me how that's justice. Again, legitimacy or illegitimacy? At what point do you realize it's not about voting the bums out, it's about no longer complying with federal idiots and morons that are trying to replace whatever we thought was freedom of speech and freedom of expression and freedom of religion with the tyranny of one religion, one world religion, much less one state-sanctioned religion in the United States, which is the Church of Pharmaceutical Mysticism. You think that it's a Christian nation, Judeo-Christian values? Well, those were lost when Big Pharma moved in to take it over. And this is the evidence that we're going. FDA agents entrapping retired naturopaths who simply are trying to help people, help their immune systems. And that Alimed product is an excellent product. I've used it for many years as well. 
Yeah, disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And th- this is the point of it is not okay to be polite to the people that are trying to kill you. Unless you think strategically it'll keep you alive. How long? I don't know. But I'm thinking there could be better strategies than being very nice and obedient to those who are enslaving you with the intent ultimately to kill you by denying you access to the things that can save your life and replacing it with things that can end your life or terminate your quality of life even if you're still alive. Super D, you got me in a foul mood now. Thanks a lot. A foul mood? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, it's not. We have to cover this stuff, I know. But, dude, really? Come on. Yeah, no, yeah, and, yeah, I'm, I'm going to see if we can get uh, uh, Rose Marshall uh, yeah. rescheduled because it's okay. it's quite the story. Um, and but how did really... he... How did he not know? This is what I would ask her. I mean, it's one of the questions I want to answer. How did he not know that this was a possibility? And again, I support the guy for what he did. Don't get me wrong. He's doing good work trying to help people genuinely, not harm them. Yet, did you not know that that could be a setup? Were you well, naive? From what, what from what I've read, and I don't have all of the details, and this is why we wanted to get her on, um, mm-hmm. this is not the first time he's run afoul of the FDA. Okay. Well, maybe he's um, just like. Maybe he's just yeah. He's just a warrior, and he's just yeah. like screw you guys. I'm going to do the right thing. Um, yeah. And now, now know, see, we should have like mass protests over this. Why would you there jail should somebody? Be. Yeah, there yeah. should. But you know what? Uh, maybe this is the reason why she's wanted because you know this is a fairly recent situation with him going to prison. Hmm. You know, this is a good opportunity for to, people to get the word out. Um, yeah. But you kind of have to show up and, and be on the show for that to happen. So, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll try and find out what happened, and we'll see if we can get her on. Okay. Okie dokie. Our friend uh, DJ Katie says you need to uh, uh, fix the shrunken. You know, I was just Listen looking at that, it, and, and yeah. uh, inside baseball, I yeah. I need to get access to the account. And I think it's with your email because uh, we got to do that after the so show. So we'll have to do that afterwards. But yeah, I just went to go look to log in, and I can't. So. Hmm. Um, I will try and right. do that this afternoon. It is a it's still tiny little thing there in the corner. Yeah. That's funny. Well, glad for all of y'all that found it with the magnifying glass. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Very good. And I hope you're out there enjoying the garden. I went out there this morning, threw some water on things, just checking out the sweet peppers, uh, finally changing color, waiting for them to go red or orange. And uh, that'll be fun. Um, we grow in a different kind of corn variety that I, I'm not familiar with. It's an heirloom variety. It's different from last year. This is shorter, I, I, so I don't know what to expect, but there's a bunch that's growing that's kind of cool. Mm. Is this what you said not to do? Don't talk about my garden today in the first hour? No, no that's not my... what I said. Okay. That's, that's right. not what just I said. just want to make sure I don't violate the Superdome code. I just, yeah, anyway, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so garden. I, I do not yeah. have any pictures today. Yeah, but I've got those two tomatoes, which I think I'm going to give one more day, and I'm going to I'm going to pick my first first two tomatoes that have gotten ripe. I'm really yeah. excited about that. Uh, I wish I'd had my phone with me because this morning, because you know that salad mix that I uh, I grew in in one of those beds that had yes. the the leaf lettuce that didn't survive the heat. Yes. Uh, and I, you know, just because I'm dumb and I just don't know what things are, uh, yeah. you know, I was just like, well, the other lettuce thingy that's growing there, it's kale. Oh, uh, it kale. looked really cool this morning because the sun yeah. was hitting it just right and it was purple, you know, mm-hmm. the purple stalks of the, of yeah. the thing like that. So now that I know what it is, I'm definitely not going to eat it, but <laughs> it looks really cool. 
Yeah. So um, you said it as a garnish at your steak uh, but, salad dude, bar. I've got yeah. <laughs> I've got so many tomatoes that are, are are popping up on that thing, and that tomato plant is like four feet tall. So what do and you I'm do with like, tomatoes? For me, I'm I'm liking them as sauce, not as raw tomatoes. Dude, like, I, my I, wife I, is loving I, the. I eat tomatoes every day. You uh, do. It's okay. part of my my breakfast. Okay. You know, like the cherry tomatoes and the little tomatoes. I just pop them in my mouth and eat them. Now, yeah. some of these are going to be like the grape ones. I'll just yeah. eat them. The big ones. Um, oh, so you're you're a raw tomato guy. I'm a George Carlin. They haven't been finished. They're larval. I'm I know. You think it's some kind of alien or something. Yeah. But, but the I'm big glad ones, I'll have to slice and do something with them. But. Yeah, the ste beef steak type. Look, yeah. uh, my wife is enjoying the tomatoes. We don't have a bumper crop this year. There's some more coming, but... I, we, we'll have to do better next year. But for now, the ones that are coming out, she's loving them. They're just amazing. You know, if you've grown your own heirloom variety tomatoes, how wonderful they are. Just pick them and eat them. And I'm glad that you're able to do that, Super D. I really yep. am. Looking yeah. forward to that. All right, so Orange Guard. If you have to grow and you have aphids and different things, or if you have ants crawling around the house or roaches, use delimiting. Distillate from the orange peel. This is God's natural, let's say, pesticide for the buggies that you don't want. Not going to harm your kids or your cats or your dogs. And you can spray it around organically grown agriculture. It's OMRI listed. And there you go. If you see it on there, there's my Orange Guard. You can get it from a local Ace Hardware store, or you can order it direct by going to orangeguard.com, and they'll ship it to you. Send in those pictures. We're getting a few here and there. We're going to do some kind of giveaway when you send a picture of you or your loved one or your pet with Orange Guard. And uh, we'll enter you into a, a, a wonderful giveaway contest. Also, I think this Saturday we have our next AMA. Do we not? Is that right? We do. Noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Sign up. Become a patron supporter. We appreciate right. you. Big time. That's right. If you'd like to sign up on Patreon, you can just go over to robertscottbill.com. It's over on the right-hand side. Just scroll down. You'll find the banner that says Patreon. You can join for as little as $4.99 a month, which is a bargain compared to what it is that uh, you're getting but we mm -hmm. appreciate we appreciate 4.99 a month and and yeah. up because it keeps the the wheels turning on this machine that we're how much does a cup of coffee cost if you go out to buy one a cup of coffee just yeah, like a regular old cup of coffee or are yeah. you talking about a fancy coffee like real coffee not like dunkin death just a a cup of joe yeah yeah a couple bucks maybe seriously you go to starbucks yeah. it's gonna be two bucks for just yeah, or yeah, well, actually, honestly, honestly, I don't. I don't think know. you get out much. I mean, if you see the airport prices, for just coffee? Yeah, seriously, dude. For just a crazy. cup of coffee? Yeah, they're oh, yeah. not going to charge you. Well, uh, I guess it depends on where. I'm going to ask y'all next time. Last time y'all went out for a cup of coffee, how much they charge you outside of Dunkin' Death stuff? I'm mean, I'm talking real stuff. Let me know. I'm curious too, because uh, when I go to the Starbucks Dunkin in the airport, <laughs> when, when, when I go. When, when I go to the, I don't know why that's funny, but it is. When I go to the Starbucks at the airports, I get a venti hot water because they actually purify their water so much that it even pull fluoride out. So it's clean water, and then I put my tea in it. So all right, a tall, no, freshly a brewed coffee, okay, from Starbucks is a dollar eighty-five. That's so got to be a website butt. from nineteen ninety-nine. <laughs> really. No, I don't see no, people. Really. I mean, okay, so if you get a venti, which I think yeah. is the biggest that's one, that's their biggest one, yeah. It's two forty-five, but it's just coffee. How come I see people like they're putting down their their plastic and it's seven bucks? Because they don't. Bucks. There aren't doing? very many people that go to Starbucks and just order coffee. So they go get the macchiato, things? caramel, you know, rainbow unicorn coffee. You know, okay, that's like that's... six bucks. 
That explains it then. Yeah. I think it explains it. Nobody anyway. goes, very few people, with the exception of like somebody like me, yeah. goes to Starbucks and orders just a coffee. Well, you have Dutch Brothers, don't you, drive throughs We have Dutch are? Bros here in, in Oregon, yes. Remember years ago, we went to one of those, and they actually had Yerba Mate as an option? That's right. So I was so excited to find Guaya it. Was the brand or whatever it was? I don't know if it was back then. I think it was. I think yeah. it was. Yeah. But, but that was fun. Yep. Anyway, side side tour, if you will. Oh, hey, shout out to Nutritional Frontiers. Honestly, Jamie Dorley and the gang, they're doing such great work. RSB 15 gets you 15% off all of their wonderful products, including their certified organic U.S.-grown hemp CBD products. Their transdermal is unmatched, unparalleled. And, of course, uh, we'd take their, uh, I love their tincture version of it, just squish it in the mouth. It's great. And then they have the hemp boost, which is like supercharged, absorbable hemp CBD, and their gummies are just delicious. So y'all check it out, RSB15, discount code, and even things that are on sale. And that's just not what they have in, in, in hemp, but all of their stuff. Uh, but you go to cbdnf.com and or you can go to nutritionalfrontiers.com as well. All right, so we got a couple of stories here uh, we can cover. I think you had sent me. Uh, one of them is about 5G health risks. Now, it was interesting. I brought my, um, they've rebranded the key. Now it's Halo. And I have mm -hmm. the shield, which looks like a cylinder. It's upstairs right now. But uh, I travel with that all of the time. And it's in its case. So I'll take it out of the case typically and put it and they'll run it through x-ray. It's still fine. This time at the Phoenix airport coming off autism one, they're like, ooh, what is this? And there, everybody was like, Ooh, what is this? I tried to explain it to one of the TSA agents. And were she they just, like concerned about it or something? Or Yeah. They were like, yeah. we don't know what this is. Can this, can this be open? No, if you open it, you break it. Oh. And, and, you know, I said, well, I said to this lady, I said, this is what it is. She says, I, she's like made that signal. Like that's over my head. I don't understand. So what you're telling me is you're too stupid to understand that we need to protect <laughs> ourselves from five. I, I'm serious. She was just, there she was. So they brought over a supervisor. Then they brought over another supervisor. They're going back and forth. They're, they're looking at the thing in different dimensions. It's like, dude, what are you, what is, I travel with this thing everywhere. That's never happened. I mean, I've had them they look at it. just wanted to make sure it wouldn't blow up a plane or something. You know, that's all. Yeah, but I, all right. It's not so, on their list of things, you know. I didn't complain. I just kind of sat there and kind of looked at them. And I'm trying to tell you what this is. They're not interested. I'll look, I'll be honest with you. I mean, yeah. I know what it is now. Yeah. But if I were somebody that was in charge of, you know, making sure that people weren't bringing something on a plane that they weren't supposed to, and somebody came yeah. by with one of those things, I'd look at it and go, whoa, what is that? Okay. All right. You so know? take the side so, of the TSA. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I'm just being honest. You're being a butthead. Stop it. it. Whatever. <laughs> no. I'm just saying. And after they finally went, the, the, the big supervisor guy came and looked at it and go, all right, here you go. And I, as I'm walking by the, the, the nice lady, and Mike said, I'm not mean to him. Honestly, I'm not. I said, did hey, they x-ray like it? Oh, yeah. They, well, they All did, right. like, nuclear scans of this thing. I mean, it was just like <laughs> they went through high-tech. I mean, like, they, they brought DARPA in to figure out what this was. Nice. And so then I walked past them on the way out. I said, hey, do you want to understand? No, nope, don't want to understand the thing. They're like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, you let me on, and you don't even care. So I don't know. It's all theater to me. That's why I don't think it's, you know, I don't give a lot of credence to TSA agents when it comes to that stuff. But all right, Superdome wants to be nice to him. That's fine. So the Defender is reporting on a 5G health risk story. How much can humans withstand? Fifth-generation technology relies primarily on the bandwidth of the millimeter wave, known to cause painful burning sensation. It's also been linked to eye and heart problems, suppressed immune function, genetic damage, and fertility problems. And these are, these are known risks. It's not that it's unknown. 
But why is it that so few people are concerned about still? Is it a matter of, again, mass hypnosis? I mean, we're all using the technology for the most part. At the same time, I'm very cautious about the way I use it. I don't hold the thing up to my head unless it's like an urgent emergency. I got no option, but typically I have it on speaker or I have the, you know, the headphones that are not the wireless things. I'm not saying it's perfect, but as I say, I travel with the technology that can help neutralize the harmful effects of that. And I've said the double blind placebo control tests that have been conducted on it show that in the, in the 5g field, cellular regeneration is greatly diminished. That is healing and replacement of cells that have been damaged or injured. And in the presence of this technology, talking about the halo now, you have the ability to see a, a, restore, a restoration of regenerative capacity of the body, the cellular metabolic functions of restoration, regeneration. So we have technology that's proven that can help us safely navigate this realm or this world. But so few people are aware of this still even today. Honestly, I go around and it's like the average folks are just not thinking clearly or not thinking at all about these things so uh super don you have the link to the the halo now the rebranded technology there uh, over at synergy science i do yeah i, I want to make sure we have those links and you know you can always get us a, a discount mention uh you know the rsb show discount or something rsb usually is the discount code but um there it is and they've got the, the shield uh, they've got the home they get the max and uh, it's known as halo now so you got it. There you go. There's all, right. all the things. Check there. it out. So they got a lot of a few different things that are new that we'll have to get Paul on to talk about soon. But I want you to know about it that strategically, when you realize how serious this is, you value it and you find a way to to get it. Is my point. If you don't value something, you won't find a way to do something different. You won't. You'll just do the same thing and say, "Eh, I don't think it's a big deal." Okay, I'm telling you, it's a big deal. So please consider stepping up to protect yourself. And I know there are other ways people do it. And if it works for you, I'm glad. I just like it when it's double blind placebo controlled tested. I think that's okay. All right. We got another article here uh, from our friend Jeremy Hammond. He's fact checking the fact checkers. And it's about a study of Thai teenagers where they found that one third, 33% or so of those who had gotten COVID jabs had heart abnormalities or negative heart effects following the COVID jabs. Now, apparently there was a Reuters fact check article that was the actual hoax and misinformation on the adverse heart effects after COVID-19 jabs. And they were concealing the truth while hypocritically spreading misinformation. And, you know, we we talk about Jeremy Hammond. He's very well researched. He digs deep and he doesn't go off half cocked about things. And, 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 And I'm not saying it's not bad or it's bad to react quickly to things, but I'm just saying he's a measured guy. He'll go dig deep and say, here's the validations. Here's why I said what I said. Here's why the hoax article about it saying it was not real is wrong. And so in the study out of Thailand, it was titled cardiovascular effects of the BNT 16 B2 MRNA COVID-19 vaccine in adolescents. Published in reprints.org, an online publication for studies that have not yet undergone full peer review process. The authors focused on cardiovascular effects, particularly myocarditis and pericarditis. And after receipt of the second Pfizer Piontech COVID-19 jab, as stated in the abstract, cardiovascular effects were found in almost 30% of those patients, which is about one in three who met the criteria for inclusion. So it wasn't a fake claim. It was a real claim. And you can't just dismiss it out of hand. But of course, that's what they try to do. 
They try to deceive you by attacking, for instance, the messenger while distracting you from the message. Well, if we don't focus too much on the message, which is secretly correct, but we attack the messenger like say, hey, hey, that crazy Dr. Simone Gold, you know, she was indicted and, and prosecuted and convicted for, you know, breaking into the, the, the how, you know, Congress on January 6th. And she's in jail now. Or in the case of uh, what do we got, uh, Andrew Wakefield. There it is. Always the poster child to get Wakefielded. Remember, Dr. Andy Wakefield, that discredited doctor, that guy who did a fraudulent study, which, by the way, they don't mention that the study, the lead researcher was exonerated completely, John Walker Smith. And so it's like, how is the lead researcher completely exonerated? And then, oh, but Wakefield. But Wakefield didn't have the money to defend himself fully like John Walker Smith. So an example is attack Wakefield. Ignore that the study was not what they said it was when they claim, oh, yeah, he claimed that da, 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 caused autism. It's like, no, that wasn't the study at all. But you create straw man arguments, et cetera. And in the case of, of you know, just disabusing people of the thought that there might be a link between COVID jabs and cardiovascular events in teenagers, which is getting clearer by the day, unfortunately, by all the young athletes just dropping dead, dying suddenly. Remember sudden adult death syndrome? No, because it never was a thing until COVID jabs came out. Do you remember people just dropping dead in the prime of their life in mass with the numbers that we're seeing? I don't either. It wasn't happening before the time of COVID jabs. So this Reuters a fact check article in this article that uh, Jeremy Hammond is writing to counter the fact checkers that are not fact checkers purporting to debunk again, Simone Gold, I mentioned her, her viral treat, tweet. They take on this role of gatekeepers of information flow. Again, first amendment, forget it. You don't have a right to, then they call it disinformation or misinformation. Well, I don't remember when they wrote the first amendment that that was a thought. It's like, well, you know, we need to write in an exception for people we say are spreading disinformation and misinformation. No, there was not an escape clause to the First Amendment. I do remember, I mean, they used to say, well, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater when there isn't a fire. I don't know. I mean, look, that's probably not a good idea if there's a stampede. You could be held liable for what you said, but I don't know. Could you be prosecuted if no one is hurt? Under the common law, no, you'd be an you, you'd be a butthead for doing it. But you know what is the liability in such circumstances? And what if those that are claiming you know to be the fact checkers are the one in, ones in fact deceiving us? What if, right? You know they are. Is, is there any accountability for them? Any more than there's accountability for Fauci and Burks and when and FDA and CDC and WHO and WEF and Biden and his cronies for foisting a jab, an experimental injection on us and telling us that if we don't get it, we could lose our freedom. We could lose our jobs and on and on it goes. And then proclaim that there was no violation of the Nuremberg Code. In fact, we don't think there is something called the Nuremberg Code. In fact, we're going to ban and deplatform you for bringing up the Nuremberg Code. Because that's threatening to us. Oh my gosh. That was a violent language. 
you threatened me with the Nuremberg Code. You know, we've heard about that. Why shouldn't we put them on trial for the Nuremberg Code violations? And they go, oh, well, that's a horrible threat. What about the threat of injecting me or you with something that is still undergoing phase three clinical trials that is causing death, destruction and mayhem by their own admission as Pfizer releases more and more documentation by the Freedom of Information request that the judge said, yeah, you can't wait you know, 75 years to release this information. Who are the criminals? Misinformation spreaders, disinformation spreaders. How do you define what misinformation and disinformation is? Definitions are everything, isn't it? But if you're, if you're pressing them to define disinfo and misinfo, they will lose. They will lose, ultimately. The appearance that they're winning is in error because their imperative to censor us, to censor you, is evidence of their cowardice, their fear, their inability to back up their statements about who or what is spreading misinformation or who or what, or what is in, uh, misinformation to begin with. All right, let's see. We got. Do we have a question of the day today in the notes? I think we do before we get to Diane Miller. We and do. Alex. Yeah. I'm going to have to go old school on this, though. Okay, what does that mean to go old I school? I don't have it. I, I don't have the, the hold on. So you can you See, can hum it. I could do it, it, and you could be. Oh no no no! Why no? I mean, as far as like the uh, looking at it. Here's looking at you. But it's okay. Super Here's looking at me. Here's looking at nothing at the moment because <laughs> I was busy working on something else. I'm sorry. This is why I bring of, my. It's okay. No, I should have been producer. more prepared. Mm-hmm. I should have been so. Um, Bad producer. But we'll Bad. yeah. Let's just go to the question of the day. All right. And here it is. Thank you. This is coming from Bill. Hi, guys. The multivitamin I have been taking from Andrew Lessman seems to have quite a lot of good stuff in it. However, I noticed that vitamin B1 is thiamine hydrochloride, also known as coal tar. How bad is coal tar? Should I not consume this multivitamin? I'm thinking of switching to choose to be healthy's B vitamin. Yeah, that's what we get. I use the... Uh, I think the, is it the innate response or the mega food um, um, B complex? I have to see. I think it's innate response. But when I start taking Choose to Be Healthy's B vitamins, can I still take Andrew's Multi since it has many other good vitamins? Or will the coal tar cause a negative reaction to the body? Thanks, Bill. Well, here now you get into a question of synthetic so-called vitamins. These are uh, taking elements from the earth and tricking the body or attempting to trick the body through organic chemistry, not like organic growing food, organic chemistry, altering molecules, like taking petrochemicals like coal tar, converting them into forms that mimic or theoretically mimic something that could be good for the body. You know, this has been our argument against much of the multivitamins on the market that they are pretty much coal tar oil-based synthetics. And they have little to no benefit and perhaps more detriment. Now, clearly, they're not as toxic or they're not given in as toxic a quantity as pharmaceutical drugs that are ingested and injected. But still, profound long-term harm can be prevalent in conjunction with other toxic components that the body cannot utilize appropriately. These things may bioaccumulate. Maybe they'll, if you're lucky, pass right through the body and not do anything. But many of them bioaccumulate and create inflammatory cascades within the body, even though they come in as something good for you, like a multivitamin. And then there are multivitamins that you see on the market that say food grown, food grown matrix. And you'll find out that 
All of the coal tar synthetics, like Bill is talking about, are in there, but in a base of spirulina. Oh, lovely. We have a little bit of food at the bottom of it. In the meantime, we put all the synthetics. Now, some of the arguments against the so-called 100% whole food nutrients is that they start out as forms of those minerals or something that are not necessarily bioavailable because they're rock, you know, they're minerals. And yet, if you grow them into a food matrix, guess what the plants do? They convert them into forms that the body can recognize, digest, assimilate, and utilize. That's why the ideal is indeed to go for food as supplement. I'm not saying there's never been a benefit, like we've talked about the controversy of vitamin C for years here. I'm not a big vitamin C uh, supporter in a context of a daily regimen ingestion because ascorbic acid, we've gone through this, is not actually how it's found in nature, maybe one aspect of it, but it's so much more complex than that. Yet, excuse me, in modern medicine, in parenteral therapies, injections, IVs, vitamin C, or what I call a vitamin C-motherapy, has shown to have profound effects in terms of oxidation and neutralizing things. And so I don't deny that that happens, and I think it's a step in the right, better direction than real chemotherapy to go to semotherapy. You have to go back into our archives to find out discussions that we've had with both Chris Barr, not a doc, our dearly departed friend, and Morley Robbins talking about the C that most people are taking, ascorbic acid or even ascorbates, are not a naturally occurring phenomenon, even if they mimic, in a sense, one aspect. I've had people on that argue in strong favor of utilizing those things. And I'm not saying never ever to use them, They're not as toxic as, admittedly, real toxic poisons are. But long-term, is it a strategy? Is it a vital nutrient, per se, as minerals are in the form that the body is designed to get them in? Or in the case of ionization-type technology, we talk about certain minerals like copper coming in as copper one, copper two, when the digestive system has been so compromised that it can't break down and assimilate very well at all. And then how do we get that in? So there are unique ways that we can utilize technologies to bring things in in micro doses to have profound beneficial effect. And speaking of micro dosing, it is stunning how the movement is on from the medical field to look at micro dosing and to see benefits that they thought that would not be possible. Like with mushrooms, we still haven't really covered in depth. Uh, that subject, but I'm looking forward to doing that one day soon because we are seeing profound beneficial impact, not because you're mega dosing, but because you're micro dosing. And this is part and parcel to the, the criticism against whole food nutrients, whole food supplementation is that, well, there's hardly anything there. Like if you take a true whole food C, which there may be one or two on the market, it's milligrams minimal compared to the milligram thousands hundreds grams even of c that you get from the synthetic variety and so they say well how could it work well how does homeopathy work and i know some the skeptics will go well it can't work because it's not there well as we learn more and more about the reality of life and existence itself it's driven by energy the metabolism is driven by energy even the process of digestion ultimately is to utilize the physical substances of creation and to release them in an energetic state or form electrical activity, et cetera. And that it doesn't rely on mega dosing per se, but the just right amount and right form for the body to utilize and profoundly impact the production of energy from within the body. Like we talk about the use of uh, copper 
with magnesium to produce adenosine triphosphate, ATP, in the mitochondria. If you're lacking magnesium, if you're lacking copper, you're going to have to go into adaptations for survival to produce what energy you can. It's not optimal. It's not ideal. It's not as easy until you have none left and then the body gives out. So don't, let's say, dismiss microdosing even in the context of supplementation. And Bill, if I were in your situation, I would throw the, uh, the synthetics out and convert. Yes, contact Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. Use the code RSB5. Get the many minerals that we utilize and some of the vitamins, the whole food forms, and you can figure out which way you want to go. Or use the Cardio Miracle too which has a lot of great things in it to facilitate nitric oxide production and reduce the oxidative stress or damage that would come from peroxynitrite rise. And anyway. that has all the B vitamins you could possibly need. Yeah, you're pretty much covered. Yeah. I still take one of the B complexes from innate every day. But yeah, this is the point. You have a, a better a situation and a better outcome. Put it to the test, Bill, and I appreciate that question of the day. All right, let's take a momentary pause for an education break at the top of the hour. And then we'll be joined by one of my dearest friends, one of my health freedom heroes, Diane Miller. We've got the National Health Freedom Congress coming up the 13th time this has been held. It's not held every year. It's a very special event. And I do urge you to consider being there with us in Minneapolis, St. Paul, not far from the airport, the 24th and 25th, 23rd, 24th, somewhere around there. We'll talk about the dates and what's going to happen there. And I'm inviting all y'all to be there with us. We'll talk more about what you can do when you're there with us. It's going to be amazing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing the show. Power to heal is yours. Robert Scott, the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right. I'm sitting down hour two to get rested up because I got to use my legs like never before. I'm scheduled to hike up to a 12,000 plus foot peak tomorrow with my daughter and her class, her senior class, those that are brave enough to try it. And uh, we're going to be getting up at four in the morning to hit this trail before sunrise. And we'll get back 10 or 11 hours later. I, I'm like, I'm thinking about it. And I was at the gym complaining to, uh, my, my great friend, Rachel, who owns the gym, is like, go easy on my legs today, Rach. She's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. And she's like making me kick. And I'm like really annoyed. But somehow we make it through. Strengthen yourself by utilizing your body. This is the body you've been given. Use it or the proverbial lose it. And movement is life itself. So I'm excited to move with you and to move your consciousness towards health, freedom, and healing liberty as my guest this hour has done for a long time. In fact, for those of you who don't know Diane Miller, I've said this story many times before, but when, well, in Minnesota, of all places, there was a radical governor who wasn't a Democrat or Republican. Something happened that was unprecedented. He signed into law a safe harbor provision that would allow people who are not medical doctors to hang a shingle and go into business and help care for people's health as long as they didn't deceive them to say they were something that they were not, but they wouldn't automatically also be prosecuted for practicing medicine without a license. It protected them from the state licensing boards of medicine that create monopolies and really don't care whether you help or hurt people. They only want no competition. 
And so this was a huge thing to happen at that time. How many years ago now, Alaska, and now it's happened in a number of other states. How many? We're going to find out as well as we move to the 13th Health Freedom Congress coming up September 23rd and 24th. The United States Health Freedom Congress. And people do join us from all over the world, not just the United States, Canada, if they can escape. We'd love to have you here. And we'd love to see you there in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Diane Miller. Yay. Yay. And I go wild. Where's the crowd going wild, Super Don? No sound effects? No? No clapping? (laughs) What can I do? Diane, good to see you. So how many years ago, uh, for our new listeners and viewers, was the first safe harbor provision passed in Minnesota? 23 years ago. Wow. 23 years ago. See, I I like that number now because it's 23 years ago that I started this broadcast at that time called Jumpstart Your Health. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. A lot of cool things happened. 23 years ago. It was was after the Saunders, the farmer case got shut down in 96. Mm -hmm. And yep, we went to the Capitol. And, And since that time, how many states have passed safe harbor provisions? similar to i know not identical but similar to what happened in minnesota all that there are 11 states with safe harbors for unlicensed people some of them aren't as broad as others but there's 11 states that have gotten something on the books it's funny you say that unlicensed people hey do you have a license to be a person (laughs) it's an interesting statement though when we realize that as a lawyer you know this jurisdiction is everything as our definitions and if you begin to look at definitions of persons People don't realize their corporations and partnerships. It's just kind of weird. It's like, oh, I thought it was a human being. Well, not necessarily so. It could be an artificial creation of the state. Yep. Yep. And and when we passed the safe harbor bill, it was like when I worked on the farmer case where the, the farmer was charged criminally for practicing medicine without a license, I I had, you know, I had gone to law school. I I thought, what why would a farmer you know, be taken off of his tractor and five squad cars go because he was giving raw colostrum to his people that came out to get it to strengthen their immune system. And I was like, what what law would make that, in, you know, illegal? Mm-hmm. And it just said the practice of medicine is anything you do to heal anybody. That was That was what the state defined as practice of medicine and then said nobody can do this unless you have a medical license. And I went, wow. Mm. Wow, we got to change that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I've, I've I've said this many times. Stop asking for permission where none is required, and <laughs> and 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 so many people are now figuring this out, and they're extricating themselves out of the public health control system, and even doctors themselves. Diane, I've n- never seen this in all the years we've been meeting talking about this. Doctors saying, "How do I get out from under the auspices of the license that limits me? Doesn't free me to do right. things to help people." So things have changed and transformed because of the COVID craziness, the overreach, the lockdowns, the shutdowns, the overt minimization of doctors themselves who were doing good work and not poisoning their patients. And they realized what we in the holistic community have been up against for decades, in fact, before they ever realized that they thought they were protected. Right. And when, when we were doing the, um, the safe harbor bill, we also put a bill in for medical doctors so that they could go outside of their standard of care. Mm -hmm. And 27 states have actually put in uh, laws that allow holistic doctors to practice, except that they were written very poorly 
and they do not allow doctors to go outside of their standard of care. So it's kind of like the, the law says, hey, you can do complementary and alternative health care as long as you stay within your standard of care. And they're saying, yeah, which, what, what does that mean? That right? doesn't well, really you, help us. You basically so can't I, do I really anything. hope that at the Congress we can get a resolution going to, so that some state puts in a bill that says doctors that are licensed can go outside of their standard of care. Mm -hmm. Well, you That's know, the, the, there's two organizations, National Health Freedom uh, uh, Coalition, National Health Freedom Action. And one of them can lobby. One of them can't, I believe, if that's the case. But what I know from you and a, a team of great people, including attorneys uh, like yourself, you've donated a lot of your time or via donation just to keep the the, uh, the group going. And you've met with and, and often traveled to various states of the union to help the groundswell of interest in establishing safe harbor or the right to refuse. I mean, the simple act of I get to say no to a, you know, a COVID jab, which violates the Nuremberg code. If you don't give me the right of refusal and fully informed consent, which we talked about Nuremberg in the first hour. Uh, so your organizations that you have helped to establish have really set, let's say practical ways to move about. And I know each state has its uniqueness, but everybody is learning from everything that happened before it. And I love the way that you're working with groups and they all tell me, man, Diane's amazing. She spent all this time with us. She was so patient. The things we didn't know she would explain it like y'all need to really know to support this organization and maybe participate. Yes. Participate in the next Congress coming up. So there's a few things I want you to relate about what the two organizations do that is unique and different. And then we'll go into the Congress coming up. Great. Well, when we started, we had an, uh, the National Health Freedom Coalition, and we just wanted to teach other state groups that we had what we had done in Minnesota for this safe harbor thing. And we thought, well, we can teach about the, you know, the concepts of law, the concepts of licensing, and teach people how to draft laws. And and then we realized not too long after, like three months later, when people started calling us to get this done in their state that they needed really help with lobbying and they needed help understanding the legislative process. So we started a national health freedom action so that we could help people in their states on the ground if they needed us to come and help them lobby or teach them how to lobby and run bills in their states. So the National Health Freedom Coalition was more of an educational arm. We did a lot of research. We tried to figure out what the heck was going on with the laws in the United States about healers and why is um, how, how has the dominant culture become so legally dominant so that no one else can practice? It wasn't just, it was unpopular to practice holistic health, it was downright illegal. And mm. so, it, and, and when I understood the dynamic of how the laws had been structured over the last 50 years, I said, we have to understand what the laws are and then we have to change them because we were all sleeping when they passed these laws. We weren't at the Capitol fighting them. Just like, for example, in the right to refuse issues of, of the Emergency Powers Act, we had we have to teach people what how the laws got to be where they are so that how can they, you know, when, when COVID happened, it was like people kept saying, can they do this? And I go, well, yeah, actually they can because this and this and this happened. So the coalition is really a, a focuses on research, teaching, and trying to help people understand what the laws are and like we, the coalition has been tracking over a thousand bills on right to refuse in the last two years on the right to refuse project. And, you know, assimilating that language, trying to pull out the best languages that we can find of bills going forward. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the website. There's nationalhealthfreedom.org. 
and it takes me right to National Health Freedom Coalition. And Super Don, if you could pull that that website up and show everybody. Uh, we see uh, recent news items, uh, keeping people up to date on it. Um, the updates about the upcoming Congress, things like that. There's a resource center, education resource center. There's workshops that you may travel to and the Congress itself. So there's a lot of great information and history here. Uh, and that you can, uh, again, donate, support, question, defining what is health freedom. Many people are new to this, even today, figuring out, like, the things we've been warning you about, we're going to come to you as well. And as I said, the physician community has learned firsthand what we have been telling them about, the lack of freedom. And you have even fought for their freedom, as you said, in these safe harbor provisions to allow physician community, the allopathic physician community, to go outside of the limited scope of just prescribing drugs, for instance, so that they wouldn't be persecuted or threatened with loss of license like many doctors have in the era of COVID for simply providing supplements and or even um, older out-of-patent drugs that are generic and that were succeeding in keeping people out of hospitals under COVID, like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. I mean, these are things that you foresaw because it wasn't about freedom only for natural people. It's about supporting the freedom of everybody. And it's like, why do people think that you can let, let's do freedom for only one group of people right it's right. like that's that's not freedom yeah we were really involved with those uh, initial cases when i came on board 30 years ago of, of doctors being shut down for saying that mercury was toxic in their teeth uh, dentists were shut down chelation doctors were shut down Seneco case in california where he was using nutrition on an adhd child and and was lost his license you know he had a harvard you know credentials and you know, they, they were relentless at, at going after medical doctors. Um, but then when they went after the farmer herb, I just went, whoa, this is, well, this is a very bigger, bigger issue. It was total dominance of the medical model in the whole population. And yep. So the, the licensed doctors, um, issue is a big one that hasn't been resolved yet. There's been no state that has allowed a doctor to go outside of their standard of care under certain circumstances. Well, and that's why we must have access to people who are not quote unquote doctors in that right. realm. Because and then they're... when we brought the safe Harbor bill forward in Minnesota, the doctors came forward and said, we're going to put a sentence in this bill saying, if you're a doctor and you want to take your hat off and not be a doctor anymore and practice under the unlicensed practice act, you cannot do that. Oh, they, they wouldn't allow the freedom. They of them put a to leave. ban on the doctors for for jumping ship. See like the her. control they want to exert. Now, do you remember any controversies? I certainly in the in the pushing the legislation forward in the various bodies there in Minnesota. But when it came to Governor Ventura at the time, a very unusual governor in the history of governors, uh, for him to sign it, did he have any reticence or reluctance, or was he like, "Yeah, this makes perfect sense, and I'm just give it to me, I'll go." His office was was very okay with it. Mm-hmm. I I didn't personally talk to him. I got my picture taken with him, but I just never had a conversation with him personally about it. But his office definitely was supportive. Okay. And um, and just recently, this past year, we spent a good fourteen years off and on with different groups in Wisconsin to pass the Safe Harbor Bill, and uh, got it through. It was a Republican Senate and house this year but finally we got it through both house and senate and the governor vetoed it do they have enough for an override they didn't have enough for an override so wisconsin is still not one of the states with a safe harbor provision right yeah 
But it's interesting that these are state level issues, right? The, you don't see going to the federal government to resolve this issue, right? Right. So practitioners are state issues. The state has the right to have police power over their the health of their people, and they can they can dictate things. The federal government is more about the products that people use, and and so when the emergency power stuff came and said, you know, the governor can declare an emergency and and tell the doctors what to do and stuff. That that is a whole nother conversation of during an emergency powers act. Um, what how the laws you the the laws are dismantled by emergency powers acts oftentimes. Yeah, and yeah, actually yeah. in Minnesota when they passed the emergency powers act mm -hmm. in twenty years ago, they came you know after nine eleven they went in every state and tried to change the laws and give the powers to the governors for bioterrorist attacks. And so there was a bill that came into Minnesota, the Emergency Powers Act, and they tried to, they had um, sections in there that said, if you're a medical doctor during an emergency and you don't do what the governor says, you will be criminally charged. Hmm. And so we, we said, wait, we, we can't. We can't have that. We we can't have them forcibly vaccinating us or forcibly having us do. So we wrote the right to refuse um, emergency powers act of Minnesota and mm. said we retain the right to refuse any procedures. And, and did that pass? Passing, and it passed. Wow. And so so when COVID happened, we said, oh well, we have a right to refuse. And and so. That's why we started the Right to Refuse Project. But we thought every other state had done that in 20 years ago, but they hadn't done that. So we were the only state with a Right to Refuse Act. The problem with our Right to Refuse Act is we were so green at the time, we didn't put coercion in there. So mm -hmm. although we reserved the Right to Refuse as a fundamental right in statute, yeah, you have the right, but you know, then that doesn't matter. You have to leave your job or you have to can't go to school or something like that. So the coercion piece was not something we had put in hmm. that even with this right, you couldn't be coerced. So now we wrote a model language for the coercion piece to be in it. And that'll hopefully that'll be at the Congress to be. in. Are there any efforts in Minnesota to change the language for the future? I haven't, I haven't had the time to go to the Minnesota legislature and there's, there's about 20 bills uh, on the docket, but none of them are the right to refuse coercion. Now we but interviewed. I have, helped, I have okay. helped a number of states put the coercion language introduced in the last two years. So Massachusetts, Vermont, they all have coercion language bills in place. They just haven't passed yet. Okay. But out of we the right to refuse. Uh, projects that we've been helping states with, I've drafted a lot of coercion bills. Okay. We're uh, going to be meeting in Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport. It's like a hotel right nearby. It's very convenient, fly in and out. You don't even have to rent a car if you don't want to, and you'll be there. We'll be there together 23rd, 24th, I think. Let me just uh, go to that yes. website. Uh, and we have it linked up, healthfreedomcongress.org. And it is the 23rd and 24th. If you can get in on the 22nd, I think that evening we usually have a meet and greet, just casual, say hello and reunion and welcome everybody that's new to it uh, to join us. And it's a very pragmatic meeting for those, for instance, that are used to things like the Health Freedom Expo or different events where you have thousands of people attending and just listening to, to speakers or lectures. This is not what this is. This is a smaller group, although we welcome you all to be part of it. 
but it's a hands-on workshop scenario. You call it open space where there's a lot of creativity and ideas and infused. And then we take these ideas and we have working meetings within that to actually put into practice or play the things that we talk about. So they don't remain in the ethers. It's really grounding the information, the ideas that come about. And of course, sharing and building on previous experiences and Congresses, the things that have worked, the things that haven't, so we can modify our methods and strategies to succeed where we haven't before. So as you see the pictures in there, you know, you'll see it's a big round environment and then there are breakouts where we have a little, you know, just getting our chairs together and getting in there and doing stuff. And so I want people to understand that this is because a lot of people have been to those things. Well, they talk about stuff and nothing ever gets done. That's not what happens here. There is a lot of talk and discussion, but things are, you know, brought together. There are proposals brought about. There are things that we work on. And it is it is quite different from what most people have experienced in terms of all of these events that come and you sit in an audience and just listen. It's more engaged than that. That's a great description, Robert, of the Congress. It was a, a very, um, it's it's unique in, the, in terms of what we actually do and bringing these leaders together. Originally, what I wanted to do with this as a vision was to have all of these leaders from the health freedom movement from different, basically areas or silos of information. Um, the, you know, organics consumers, the genetic modification, the vaccine people, the electrodermal people, the EMF people, you know, the vaccine people. I, I just think a lot of these arenas of health con um, challenges are, um, our health is being impacted on so many levels in so many ways that these leaders all benefit from learning about each other and working together and collaborating because health is a multifaceted experience. And, and so whether you're doing alternative health or you're on the freedom path, we've had, we've had alternative health holistic practitioners not support our efforts for opposing mandates because alternative health isn't just about freedom it's it's about the actual what you do when you get sick like you have a green smoothie or you whatever you're mm -hmm. doing for holistic health right but but the freedom issue to do that is a very different thing and so the people at the congress are very freedom-based they're not they're not about it's not just about holistic health it's about Freedom for everyone in this case. Freedom to do follow your own path and your own journey, and how to, uh, and and the theme of the Congress this year is piercing that veil of indoctrination, how to get through the blockages from what you're experiencing to move ahead in your own healing. Like you go to the hospital and you and you have three options given to you, but you're not told about anything else. Hmm. And all the other practitioners are shut down or working underground or something like that. You really don't have freedom in that kind of an environment. Yeah. We've so, seen a tyranny go, uh, let's say overt and not, they're not hiding it. Like before they could kind of hide behind things. Now right. it, they can't hide it anymore. And that's why I think we should have more people, more new folks join us at the Congress than ever before because the impact that we warned them about that would be coming to their neighborhood or their office has now arrived. And they're right. dealing with the same issues that we've been bringing up for years. So I think it will be a, a, a renewed energy and excitement and interest in, let's say, pushing back against those things that have occurred, but also 
those that are new will learn there are things that have been done that have succeeded that can be duplicated wherever they are and they're not aware of it so it's a little bit of uh, bringing people up to speed and a lot of bit of hey how do we how do we move from here because there's stuff that's happened that didn't happen before in this way exactly and a lot of the old uh voting members that have come and gone in the last 12 times that we've had the congress are coming and then all of these new organizations like California Health Coalition Advocacy or Florida um, uh, American in, in Information System or Health Choice Vermont or Hoosiers for Medical Liberty or Children's Health Defense and Mask Off Minnesota and Initiatives for Family Health in Washington. So these new organizations that are influencing the place at the Capitol, the laws that are being done or the lawsuits that are going forward are going to be there too this year, which we're very excited about having this new influx of freedom activists coming to the Congress because of what has happened and they've seen what happens, mm -hmm. how, they, how they've used the Emergency Powers Acts uh, to uh, dominate the people of the world and to kill them basically. Well, and I, I think that we're seeing an emergence within even the legal profession of people that never even considered these things prior that this was happening. You, you know, you'd, you'd bring it up and you'd, they'd look at you with a, I don't know what you're talking about. What planet are you on? That doesn't happen. Those right. are the kind of things I remember for years. We've been met with by good people in their profession, but they had no earthly idea this was occurring until, mm -hmm. you know, it happened to them or uh, people that have approached them. And suddenly now they're aware of something they maybe didn't want to be aware of, but now it's been forced on them. And that's why we're going to have more allies than ever. And to your point, I want to reiterate this. This isn't about just holistic people in medicine. Right. This is about freedom for all people. And that's where we stop hyphenating it. Even though, you know, I've talked about this is about health freedom, which is one of the most fundamental freedoms. And you've written a book about health freedom that really without health freedom, no other freedom is possible. That is bodily autonomy included. Uh, so it is a fundamental part of freedom, barely hyphenated. I don't think it is technically, but it was one of those things that we lost out on when Benjamin Rush you know, his prophetic statement about putting health freedom into the Constitution would be critical because, you know, what he prophesied happened. You know, we have an undercover dictatorship that now is not, no longer undercover. It's overt and everywhere. And they're trying to utilize it in a globalist manner to dominate even the freedoms that were guaranteed to us by our founding documents in America that would be discarded in, a, in case of emergency, which is once again, the clause that doesn't exist in the Constitution nor any state level constitution yet somehow under uh, uh bioterror scares under uh terrorism scares and now pandemic scares they've completely ignored the fact that they have no lawful authority to suspend the constitution at the federal much less the state level right right i, I really liked one of those judges on the east coast that said the Constitution was written in a state of emergency. So how can, how yeah. can you think that it doesn't include emergencies? And, you know, the other thing is the expansion of the understanding of freedom goes into the structure of government, the structure of the United States. And so it, like uh, the song that it's going to be sung by the by the singer at the Congress, Lori Williams, is um, we are the products they're planning to use. So when you make the human body just a, a uh, consumer or a, um, an avenue for people to make money and they utilize the human body as part of the corporate structure, structure without any um, 
honoring of the freedoms that the Constitution supports. Mm -hmm. So it'll be very interesting to see how far the corporations can go uh, and how strong people will react with the spirit of freedom. If you know, it's kind of like a spiritual war of who's who's gonna win on, on this uh, struggle for allowing people to be on the planet in their own way and in their own truth to move to survival in their own way instead of being a product of um, a profit making sure a receptacle for products that are mandated to be injected or ingested uh, without fully informed consent or any even partially informed consent for that matter. Do we have, we have some uh, audience members in various states. Do we have any Tennessee freedom groups? Do you know that have registered to be there with us? We, we have Tennessee on the, on the list. We're in touch with them. I have, I don't have them marked off yet, but we're in okay. touch with them. So, so if you all out there in your various states haven't let your freedom groups know about the health freedom Congress, there's still time. We're about, exactly a month away yeah. from this September 23rd uh, event. So there's yep. plenty of time to make it to Minneapolis, St. Paul for the health freedom Congress, us health freedom Congress, 13th one. And uh, Diane, it's going to be an amazing reunion, as I said, and we're excited to welcome new folks to be with us there. As you scroll down, you can see the opportunities to support, to attend. You don't have to be a voting member. I'm sure there are ways to become voting members if you want. And as well, um, there are uh, sponsorship opportunities to, to support the event. So if you have a product or service that the health freedom community would avail themselves of, please consider uh, even donating to this. Also, you just scroll down a little fast. Go back up to uh, Scott Tips right there. The 2022 Congress keynote speaker is being honored. Scott Tips has been there every time I've been there uh, from the National Health Federation. What would you say about this guy, Scott? He's a cool guy. Scott is one of the most loyal and depended uh, people in the movement. He has been to all of the Codex meetings internationally. He understands the politics of health freedom. He's been in the trenches for so many years. They have um, the National Health Federation. His organization is the oldest health freedom organization in the country. And he has, I think they have maybe 80 countries with National Health Federation um, offices. And so his understanding of the depth, and then he also has the NGO status at Codex so he can make comments. And he has enough integrity within the international community to be able to block a number of toxic substances in our food products and food mm -hmm. safety products. So he has, and also he's very, he's a litigator. So he's done great litigation things to keep people out of jail that are helping people. So. He's just not a, it's kind of like, a, I don't know, he's, kind of, he's a kind of a rock in the health freedom movement. It's just very, very great. I'm so glad he's going to come. I'm thrilled, and I'm thrilled he's going to be honored as well as a keynote. By the way, your book is fantastic if you haven't read it, Health Freedom, The Greatest Freedom of All by Thank Diane you. Miller. Uh, we have it linked up in the show notes at robertscabell.com. You can click right to it, uh, soft cover version, 1895, and there's also an ebook version. It looks like $3.99, so uh, by all means, everybody should plug into that, get Get uh, filled with the spirit of freedom and health freedom as you prepare to join us at the 13th Health U.S. Health Freedom Congress. There it is, health freedom. And here it is. I think I have it right here. Yep. Look at this. When there you come back to me, I have it right here. Health freedom. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, Thank you, dear. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, oh, well, you know, I love you dearly. And, that, and your sister, too, who's a homeopath. 
Uh, do you think she'll be able to attend this year as well? Yes, you? she will be. Terrific. She will be. And another one of my sisters is considering coming. So I'm very excited. So I'm going to meet the whole family eventually. Yeah. Well, that would be hard. Oh yeah. There's a lot of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, Diane, I understand there's a birthday coming up tomorrow. So maybe I can wish you yeah. a happy birthday in Thank advance. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm going to be um, going. I plan to go to the headwaters of the Mississippi. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to make it up there, but it's either that or going out into the Lakota territory of the Minnesota River. So, Okay. And are you going to like camp out in a tent roughing it or you do? What do you do? I Clamp? have my tent ready to go. I'm not quite sure what kind of energy I'll have, but if I have the energy, I will tent. Yes. Yeah. Dude, you are tougher than me. I mean, so, I mean, but you, you know, know what this, a, this aging process is a trick, you know, it's like, yeah. I wouldn't have even considered not tenting years mm -hmm. ago, but you know, sometimes I do. You know what I don't like about camping mosquitoes and uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, they're big enough to carry your small children away. You know, it's really weird, but it's kind of scary that there are no mosquitoes. I have not oh. had a mosquito bite this summer. What in Minnesota? Yeah. In Minnesota. That is my bizarre. sister went way up north into the woods and she got totally tanked by mosquitoes, but there are none around southern Minnesota. So I think that it's the drought that really changed this year on mosquitoes. So the, you know the land of ten thousand lakes is down to what nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah. So well I'm you know, in terms of the Congress, I think that um I would love as many people to come to the Congress as possible, just because it is a time for people to communicate with each other in person and to be able to share their ideas and thoughts. Uh, rather than just be listening, they will be talking to each other. And um, I think that that is the, the power of making change happen. Like uh, when we first started training groups, I said, if you have five people together and you're willing to meet every week for a year, then I'd say you probably would be successful because you have to have that people communicating with each other in person to have the energy of the love and support and understanding that you need to make things happen in the world. I do think that obviously Zoom and, and uh, technology has been really wonderful. But at the local level, the power of the local politics is, is very um, important for moving cultures and changing visions and manifesting visions together as a people. And in order to do that, you have to, you have to touch each other. You have to love each other. You have to converse with each other. So I, I really encourage local people to be in local groups making change happen and making relationships happen and i think that that just from doing that work on in so many states i've probably worked in 30 or 40 states um i i also apply that to the national leaders to love each other and know each other is a really important part mm -hmm. of the health freedom movement it is. We've made a uh, family, new family by yeah. connecting like this. And uh, there's an extraordinary energy that uh, only happens in a sense when we actually get together in yeah. this way. And this is what they tried to stop us from doing in the last two, two and a half years. And yeah. coming back together, you realize, my gosh, that was one of their most nefarious parts of their agenda 
to isolate us and keep us from ever meeting together again, whether it be in, in worship of, of uh, God together at a church or synagogue or mosque or temple, or whatever, or to meet at these events that promote health freedom. And so the opportunity, yeah, I don't know, Diane, if they're going to try and do lockdowns and shutdowns. I know they want to. I don't know right. if they'll succeed. But the question is, do we wait to find out or do we get in there and preempt this stuff by getting together now and showing them that we're not afraid and that right. we can strategize and succeed in stopping right. this from happening again? Right. When it first happened, when this whole thing about don't be near each other happened for me, I, I knew that would be the the in my estimation the kind of worst thing that could happen and uh to have people afraid of each other was their agenda and um so i got together a group of people that weren't afraid to be together and we just got together all the time um that was part of how i kept saying during the last two or three years uh to make sure that i didn't become afraid of people of of being physically near a person for a particular reason. And I think that, that, that it, they went after the fundamental fear of survival in the population. And then people were able to uh, be so afraid that they would do anything, take a jab that wasn't, wasn't um, safe. Um, they would do anything to support their survival. And that's understandable for a person that's afraid that they would do what they're told in order to survive and if they didn't have the experience that uh, large uh, dominant forces can actually be nefarious yeah. or untrustworthy yeah um, they you know for people that don't have the awareness that institutions can be untrustworthy um, they were willing to put their own uh, body out for experimentation. And I think that that's that whole propaganda campaign to make people afraid of each other and, and to convince people to let them use their bodies to move their agenda was and is mm -hmm. a dangerous part of the challenge to American freedom, the spirit of freedom in the individuals in America. Yeah, I've met some extraordinary people, souls over the years we've been getting together. And I, and I want to say thanks for some of those folks that do support and have supported the United States Health Freedom Congress, the Coalition and Action Group, of course. And I'm going to go right to, I don't know, Super Don, if you can click on the uh, sponsors. I just want to say thank yes, you. Yes, I would love for you to, to show the amazing sponsors we have. I wanted to talk to, that, to you about that. And thank you, Robert, for sponsoring the Congress. Um, yeah, I'm happy to put the word amazing out. Amazing sponsors. I'd love you to put that up on the screen because the sponsors of this organ, this Congress are just loyal, wonderful. Yeah, up top, Super Don, there's, there are tabs like on our website. One says sponsors way at the top. Click it. It should open right up and there you can go. Great. Uh, and, and it's, you know, it's amazing how many people still don't know about this. I, even today, I, I referenced a, a health freedom warrior. Uh, they didn't know about this and who's now planning to attend with her husband, which I'm thrilled about. But there's some gold sponsors. But any level, I appreciate it above that. True Hope, Leaders in Brain Health, Health uh, Sunshine uh, Health Freedom Foundation, a film sponsor. You have to tell me about this. Marjorie w Roswell, a film sponsor. Right. And she and she is sponsoring the film. Um, 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 starts with an A. Um, when you marginalize a person. So that um, Jennifer Stark, the filmmaker, 
-hmm. was is a filmmaker and she uh got the jab and she got a reaction okay and she was really upset about it so she went to get help or to tell her doctors and they wouldn't listen to her and so she she got very very upset about how they wouldn't uh how they were marginalizing her and she started meeting other people and she eventually opened up that whole can of worms and made a film about adult um adult people who have been vaccinated who are marginalized Mm. yeah i've been interviewing some folks for a documentary here on the subject of those who have been injured uh young adults included and they many of them in fact most of them believe that they were doing the right thing they were helping others they were helping themselves they would end this thing and they ended up not only getting injured but discarded for saying that they were injured and so it sounds very much like what what this right. film will be. So and I just thought of the word I was thinking. Anecdotal is the name of the movie. Anecdotal. OK, <laughs> I look forward to seeing that. The lunch sponsor, our great friends at Trinity School of Natural Health. A special shout out to Julie Whitman Klein and the family there. They yes. have been profound in their support of health freedom yep. for years and years and years. And we've had some meetings with them, you know, at their events as well. The Health Freedom Expo, of course, coming up a month afterwards, middle of October, that we all hope to be there as well for that event. Uh, which is a little bit different in terms of of how it's presented, but it's it's, it's so very important to get together there as well. Right. And uh, trinityschool.org, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com as well. Uh, we've got Mercola, the Solari Report. Catherine Austin Fitz is a supporter of this event. That's amazing. And Solari, I- and Catherine has just put the link to the song that's going to be sung on her website. Um, oh, nice. The, I need that link, too. We can put it we up. Are the products they're planning to use is the song done by Lori Williams, and Solari mm-hmm. has it on their site now. I nice. talked to Catherine the other day. All right. Well, get me that link. We'll ha- be happy to do that as well. National okay. Vaccine Information Center, NVIC.org, Karen Moriarty, D.C., uh, Relax Saunas, our buddy Phil uh, Wilson. And uh, the sauna is going to have a sauna there going up for raffle. Oh, nice. So it might, somebody might go home with a sauna. Nice. Natural <laughs> Awakenings, The Edge, Children's Health Defense, Organic Consumers Association, California Health Coalition Advocacy, uh, Mask Off Minnesota, The Science of and Art of Herbalism, uh, Coaches for Health Freedom, Larry Hannes DDS, Iowa Mercury Free Dentistry, the Weston A. Price Foundation, and many other friends uh, that we like to thank and I'm showing on screen right now. And if you'd like to be part of that great supportive group, sponsorship group, please reach out, you know, go to healthfreedomcongress.org or reach out to Diane Miller. And uh, we appreciate all the support you can provide. Every little bit does help. It puts a, it takes a lot to put this on. That would be great. We're trying to get enough sponsorship in order to not lose money. <laughs> and so we like to come out even and um, we appreciate anything we can do to um, get the sponsorships the Congress. So Thank for you. people that want to attend, of course, there's the voting members and non-voting members. How do you distinguish between the two? And I know a lot of people that are non-voting members that have attended and then just get a lot out of it and contribute a lot to it. So don't think if you're not a voting member that it's worthless. In fact, it's greatly worthwhile what you will learn and what you have the opportunity to teach as well. Right. The voting members, we started because we had resolutions that we wanted organizations to vote on. And so we had them sit in a circle and listen to the resolutions and then vote on them eventually. But then that's only the two hours in the morning. And then we just all, everybody in the whole uh, room was able to um, work together for the next two days. So there's, there's a difference 
between the registration and for a voting member that if we invite an organization to be part of the voting of resolutions, uh, we send them a special registration link so that we know to put them in the circle with a microphone around for the resolutions. But otherwise, it's a general participation and everybody is part of the whole weekend. So Right, right. And I usually... Uh, broadcast live from the event. Of course, at the time that I'm normally on, it's central time. That would be uh, two to four. We, we, we shifted the um, time of the circle so that you could have your broadcast at your regular time. Okay. Thank you. And, then, awesome. and then you would have the other part. Great. And it, at the break times and other times, I love the opportunity to meet new folks and even interview them pre-recorded for other broadcast sessions. So uh, for me, it's a, just a, such a great value to meet the people and all dimensions, you know, to see the people who are here on this planet at this time sharing a mission and a purpose, even though we all have different strengths and, and uh, inclinations in certain areas. But what you've shown is that we can come together, work together and really succeed at getting things done as opposed to just keeping them in the theoretical. Mm-hmm. Right. It's wonderful. to. Uh, it's a high honor to be in the presence of such major leaders. We have, you know, Ronnie Cummins and Rose coming from Organic Consumers and Scott Tips and yourself and just such wonderful people on the planet that have done work for so many years. And so it is a wonderful reunion, basically, of, of great leaders. And we want more to more people to come and experience that with us. Mm-hmm. Well, there's some other issues that I need to cover real quick. And Diane, you're welcome to hang out while I'm doing it. Uh, there's one story from The Hill, which is a mainstream political rag out of D.C., and uh, it says scientists link common weed killer to convulsions in animals. And I'm thinking, what are you, you mean? You're talking, and they're talking about glyphosate, the active ingredient roundup. And you think about this and you say, how is this even on the market? If they found a, a, a let's say a health food store product, an ingredient in a health food store item causing convulsions in animals, they would immediately call for its recall because of its likely impact negative to humans. And there's no, recall at the federal level various maybe state agencies i don't know what's happening if anything at all you know the 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 poison for profit scenario keeps on playing itself out even as there have been major uh, awards given to, to suits against monsanto now bayer over the image the damage and uh, cancers that have manifested by utilizing and being around roundup ready uh, products or roundup them itself with glyphosate so again stunning that our regulatory agencies are apparently not really invested, including EPA, in the protection of the environment nor the people and animals in it. I agree with you. I, <laughs> that is true. And so the, the question I always have when you see something like that is what what do we do? Mm-hmm. How do we pierce that? How, how do we overturn that kind of um, negative, bad things going on in the world? Well, if we wait for the EPA to do the right thing, much like waiting for the FDA to do the right thing, we'll all be dead and our animals too. So how about stop buying the stuff that they're selling? And if it's approved by the government, then maybe you want to think twice about or three times before you purchase it. What if we didn't buy their products? Now, we have one that's sensational. Uh, Delimonene is a, a distillate from the orange peel, the citrus peel. God created that, and that is a powerful, let's say, well, let's say a pesticide, if you don't like ants and roaches, little aphids around your stuff, and you're not going to harm your animals, you're not going to harm your cats or dogs, and not your kids. 
and you can utilize that orange guard good products are out there so i would say i would urge everybody to support good companies that are doing good work that are not poisoning the people of the planet or the animals etc and you go to orangeguard.com or if you have a local ace hardware they carry orange guard right there it's amazing and so uh, i utilize it in my garden my greenhouse it doesn't harm the plants you can even dilute it for you know more broader uses as well and uh, check it out, orangeguard.com. So that's that's kind of cool. Uh, there's another article here about, I used to, you know, before I knew better, Diane, you know, I ate everything. I was a standard American diet kid. I grew up on McDeath uh, drive throughs <laughs> and all of that stuff. And somehow I survived, but I wasn't a healthy little kid up to the age of 24 when I changed my diet. But I remember back in the day when people were getting a little bit health conscious instead of going to ice cream places that, you remember the frozen yogurt places that op- opened up everywhere? Mm-hmm. And everybody thought, oh, I could eat as much frozen yogurt now. And of course, it was all refined sugars and colors and all that. So it wasn't that much better. But there's an article here about frozen yogurt dangers. They say that low-fat dairy products are linked to, guess what? Parkinson's Oh, my disease. God. That is yeah. so funny. Oh, it's just like all the health foods are causing problems. Because mm-hmm. if you eliminate fat, which is necessary for brain and neurological function, much less if the animals that you get the dairy from are factory farmed animals and what right. they eat ma- manifests in the milk. Uh, yeah, it's a problem. And so researchers from Harvard University's Chan School of Public Health say that having three or more servings of low fat dairy products a day boosts Parkinson's risk by more than a single serving. So, yeah, three times the amount is worse than one ma- amount. But the idea <laughs> that we were sold, Diane, is that fat was bad. Of course, sugar was good at that point to make up for the lack of flavor. <laughs> And we are in a heap of trouble with neurological degradation diseases. I'm not saying it's only low-fat yogurt causing it, but it's interesting that mainstream news sources are reporting this now. It is fascinating that they're reporting this. They're not reporting what to do instead. No, of course not. Yes. And they're not saying it was just sugar. Just go read Sugar Blues. My dad gave me the book Sugar Blues when I was like 25. It's, like, it's just, um, it, it is very great that, they're reporting that, but it, it, it's so, it's just a little narrow and yeah, it it doesn't take the whole, it doesn't explain the whole picture. No, but in this article, they actually are saying, well, it's interesting that full fat dairy products showed no link to the debilitating neurological condition. And we're not even talking quality, but they're saying, Hey, maybe fat is protective. Exactly. (laughs) So they've, Oh, wow. That's yes. So, well, that's um, holistic health mm-hmm. and having a relationship with what you eat, what's in it, and the earth and the animals of the earth is so important. And if you don't have that total picture, um, you know, you you don't have real health. I mean, you could try to manipulate through the processed products and retain your health but we're part of the earth and so we need that holistic health the interesting thing is that there the laws around what you can say about real healthy things like the person that just got shut down in washington you were telling me about they were saying really positive things about how people could get over covid with natural substances and they got shut down for um, by the federal government. Yeah, sixty-nine-year-old retired. So they didn't have freedom of speech to say what would have helped. So that article that you just showed me didn't show anything about 
fat is really good for you and this is what it does because yeah. you can't make health claims about food that aren't labeled that aren't Oh, and they also are quick to say, we're not saying that low-fat frozen yogurt causes Parkinson's. Yeah. But, but you know, it's obvious it, it contributes at the very least to it. That's not a good, healthy thing to be eating. Uh, and looking at refining foods and, and taking that beautiful balance. And uh, Yeah, so the they, might, they might quit eating low-fat yogurt food and starting having a candy bar instead at night. I mean, yeah. you know, they didn't get the message. I mean, the guidance is not, not all that good. But what is great? is the Health Freedom Congress that's coming up. And I'd love for you all to participate in it. Go to healthfreedomcongress.org. Diane Miller, God bless you. Love you. Happy birthday tomorrow. Thank you so much, Robert. And, really I, and if, I, if I make it to the top of the mountain, I'll be yelling, Happy birthday, Diane, from 12,000 right. feet. Maybe you'll hear just, me all the way in Minnesota. I just bless you on your trip. That's awesome. And I made it six miles on my bike the other day, so I was very excited about that. So I'm oh, keeping awesome. moving with you. I'm moving with you. And I'm just going to say this, don't break a leg because I remember a lot, you know, what you went through with the, the, oh man, don't do that again. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I, I've never broken a bone, so I'm not doing that. Okay. All right. So okay. Love get out there and enjoy the, the natural world. And unfortunately the mosquitoes are gone, but fortunately they're gone. I am like, I'm torn about that one. I am honestly, but up North, up North. Okay. Yeah. See ya. Thanks, Bye. thanks Diane. That's Diane Miller. National Health Freedom Congress, U.S. Health, Health Freedom Congress coming up. And links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. We are about out of time for their regularly scheduled broadcast of the Robert Scott Bell Show. So we're going to pause for a moment. 60 seconds later, unless you're on the podcast, it'll be like a blip. But we'll be back with the bonus round, checking on things we might have forgotten to tell you. Updates, including what is the poll question of the day from Super Don? And you'd know it if you get the newsletter. And if you don't, just text RSB to 22828 because the power to heal is yours. All right, stop buying the bad stuff. Stop supporting those that are poisoning you for profit, or even if they're not doing it for profit, stop supporting them. You don't want to be poisoned. Uh, Sherry Neal, hi, Sherry, says, yes, yeah, stop buying their products. Grr, I think she says Monsanto Bear is a huge sponsor of the St. Louis Cardinals. I can't even stomach watching them. Yeah, well, you're in Monsanto land. That's uh, Missouri in the Midwest. Of course, you got to navigate that uh, dangerous terrain or territory. Uh, let's see what else we got going on. Super Don, come on back in. Let me know what I've been missing while I've been hanging out with my buddy, Diane. And you can unmute yourself. What have you been missing? I've been I've been working behind the scenes on stuff. Mm hmm. So I'm going to put that back on. There we go. Okay. There's the stuff. Do, do people like the new band? What do you call this? I don't band know. I haven't gotten any, any, uh, any, any comments that I've seen. On what do you thing. call that? Is it a banner? It's an overlay. Hmm. Okay. So I've had to get back into figuring out how to do my, like, uh, Photoshopping type stuff in order to, to make this stuff. Okay. So... Looks good to me. You know, just ideas come up, and it's like, you know what? I think I know how to do this, and then if I don't, then I figure out how to do it. And mm -hmm. I think it adds something to it. I think it looks kind of cool. It's a little more professional looking. Awesome. And then um, at the end of the show, I've got another thing that I'm going to try mm -hmm. that somebody suggested that I try and do at the very end of the show. Do you remember what this is? No. 
at the very, very, very end, right before the broadcast stops, mm-hmm. somebody had a suggestion. So today I'm going to see if I can pull it off. Okay. We'll, we'll look for it then. Okay. <sighs> All right. Ten uh, bonus points for anybody who notices. Mm-hmm. So what, what were the poll questions uh, for today or a poll question for today? The poll question today had to do with 5G, and it asked, mm-hmm. how concerned are you about the effects of 5G? And you can choose either very concerned, somewhat concerned, not concerned at all, mm. or not sure. So um, what do you think, Robert? I'm in the very category. I would think more people than not are there, but I think it'll be very and somewhat will be the dominance. Yeah. With very in the lead. It turns out there you go. That you are correct. Yeah. Very concerned, 76%. Somewhat concerned, 19.9%. We did have some not sures, and there was 1%. They're just not concerned about it at all. Probably Michael Bolden. Michael Bolden, man, he's that yeah, 1%. He doesn't care about anything at all. He's not concerned at all. <laughs> Michael, where are you? Get on the show. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's kind of cool. So, uh, we got to get Paul Bertero up, up to date with us on the, uh, the rebranding the Halo stuff. So, I would like yeah. to talk with him soon. Hopefully, we can get him on. Uh, that'll be good. So, Health Freedom Congress. I think now people really understand a lot more about what it's about. I know a lot of people were confused by it. Should I go? Do I need to go? Would you? Yeah, I think it'd be great if you did. And uh, now you have a better understanding why that is. So yep. that'll be cool. Uh, let's see what other comments we've got. Kate, DJ Katie's been stocking up on goldbacks and other supplies. She says her red wine should make for a good form of barter. Red wine? Yeah, not for me, Katie, because I don't like red wine. I don't like. You white mean like wine. In, like in, wine. A, in, a, in a grid down situation? Yeah, you could trade wine. Yeah, I guess. The, yeah, know, people that find it valuable certainly. Yeah. There are things, and I know uh, Mike Adams a while back. You know, he's he's big into all the you know the prepping stuff and all the mm-hmm. articles and stuff, which is great over at Natural News. Yeah, and I, I actually in today's newsletter there were a couple. I think one was on how to pick the right uh, canning jar, or, you know, mason jar. For different okay. purposes, and there was another one that had some kind of uh, prepper homesteading tips and stuff like that. I like including that stuff in the in the newsletter because it's it's good info to have. But he was he had a list of things that would be great for bartering, and it was a pretty extensive mm-hmm. list. But I remember, you know, it's like uh, uh, you're not, a fr- uh, and I'm no longer a fan of cigarettes. But you know what? People who smoke cigarettes, oh, dude, yeah. Are going to, you know, if you've got cigarettes to, to trade and barter with, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that, that's like a big one, a really big sure. one. Um, that, that would go along the lines with, with the red wine or any kind of alcohol would be sure. another one that people would want to barter for. The good old one that we all learned about the last couple of years that people are really concerned about, toilet paper. Mm-hmm. That's one that's great to barter. Coffee. Coffee is one that, that would be, you know, big on, on bartering. So... Uh, I'll just see if I can dig that article up because he had a, it was a really good list of, of mm-hmm. things as far as uh, things you know, that have account. value in a grid down. Totally, yeah. yeah. I'll see if I can dig that up. We should we should maybe feature mm-hmm. that again. So Bolden loves the lower third. I guess he's talking about the banner. Yes, he likes it. Lower. Yeah, it is called a, the bottom part's called the lower. Gretel third, likes but. the new banner. Jay likes blue. I like blue, he says. Yeah, and see, the cool thing is, is I can I can, uh, I can, can do whatever color I want to. So I just picked blue because that's my favorite color, and I guess I just gravitated towards it. But We can, you we, know, we can honor requests. Like, what's your favorite color that you want to see? And Do we have, like, an official color of, of the Robert Scott Bell show? I don't know that we do. No, we don't. Not officially, no. No? Should we we're have just, one, you think? We're just, we're old school. We're black and white. 
like the official bird of in the official, <laughs> you know, the, right? <laughs> the official fish of the Robert Scott Bill show <laughs> could be all of that. Yeah. Who wants to do that? Act like we're a state or something. Mm -hmm. Anyway, cool. So yeah, my next project will be fixing that stupid button on the website. I gotta yeah, figure out make it bigger. What's going on with that? Um, I got an email from from Pat. Was asking where where we were. What do you mean <laughs> where we mean, were? Where was Pat? I guess she was saying that she can't find. It. She was wondering if our website's down. And apparently, I mean, I know that it's, that happens. It's still with, working with, for me. It's happened to me once, but I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, but we're here. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe she drank a little too much Orange Guard. Yeah. Do you think we'll get banned because of the Nuremberg Code open? They're nervous about that. Banned? They, they I don't know. Banned mm -hmm. on where? Well, I remember when we brought up some Nuremberg Code stories that we got tagged yeah, by social media I think a while that back. Was, was that on Facebook, maybe? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We're still on right now, so. Okay, well, that's so good. Far, so far, so good. Overcome that, but, uh, no. I think, you know, it also depends on whether some troll comes by and reports us, too. I think. True, yeah, that is always the case, isn't it? Yeah. So, hey, Bolden, did you find a new place to live now that they're burning fires all around you? I don't want you subject to having to breathe that in, much less get any first, second, or third degree Is it burning down there right now? I remember, I saw a comment the other day from Michael. Mm -hmm. They were talking about moving, not because he wants to, but because they're just, there's all kinds of fires, like on the street, people burning stuff. It's just Oh, like, on the street. You mean like, yeah. like, like with the homeless people? Home, street fires, things like that that are going on. Um, and yeah. I, I, I don't know. I feel bad anytime I think he's not breathing freely and easily. So, uh, let's see. Gretel says I'll grow some mullein. 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 Yeah, mullein. For, for smoking to trade, you could smoke mullein. Apparently, does it have nicotine in it? I don't know. Because that I mean, will work. That will work for smokers. Yeah. Because smoker, a, a cigarette smoker is not going to smoke some just to smoke something. Hmm. It's got to, it's got to have the because it's it's an addiction. Yeah, I mean it, it really is. It's it's an addiction. Mullen oil is good for ears though. Oh, okay. Just saying. Yeah. So you just stick it in your ear. Indian tobacco yep. is using homeopathy. Yep. Homeopathic tobacco. What's it called? Tobacco. For real. Yeah, I'll show you. That's that's too easy. Sometimes the Latin is sometimes the Latin is not that far off. <laughs> Just but add yeah, a um to it, and it's and it's uh it's yeah, Latin. Huh? So, but yeah, Mullins in there as well. But uh, okay. let's see, tobacco. Yeah. What would you use? What would you use tobacco for? Well, a lot of times it is an associated remedy for those that are addicted to tobacco. I mean, it? it's like like cures okay. like, so it helps. Let's see if I can get that page up here. Where are you hiding? All right. I can't do this. It's just the big book. I can't get it, but I'll pull up the Mullen version, the Indian tobacco. Any day now. Any day now. Hey, I wasn't ready for this. You didn't prep me. <laughs> I thought you would just know, but, you know. Even no, even the even the, the, the great Robert remedies, Scott Bell yeah. has to refer to the manual. Yeah, some time. of the remedies that you don't use often. You're like, okay, let's go with the details of them. You have the basics, but 
I bet you if Janice would hear, she would shoot. Yeah, Janice would wipe the floor with me on that. Absolutely. <laughs> I give up. I'm not ready for this today. Okay. Yeah. We'll do that on another show. Yeah, for sure. Oh, all right. So tomorrow, it's big hike day. That's the plan. Yep. And so Super D, you've got to... You got to pick out like a super duper encore for everybody tomorrow. You gonna go we'll into the deep dark archives and bring up something that hadn't been played for a long time or something more recent? You, what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I usually try and when I when I go for something like tomorrow, uh, I'll go back at least a year. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what we can find. Okay, it'll be a surprise. And then uh, what do we got going on for the rest of the week? How about? Thursday, Dan McDunn. after after Emor Dan McDunn Dan McDunn, and then we got Lauren Omerling, Doctor oh, Omerling. Look, look from, at what Kevin did on Friday. Yeah, oh, in hour two, we've got Dick Morris on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Rosh, I'm just finished up with the bonus round of the show. I can call you back. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, do that. No worries. Talk to you soon. Thanks, bye. Rashid Butar. Yeah. Dr. Butters calling me like, dude, I'm doing my bonus round. But then again, we never know when, how long this lasts. So I'll call him back. Uh, so, oh yeah, Lauren Omeling, then Dick Morris. That's cool. And then our AMA on Saturday, the 27th. Yep. Bolden, are you going to be smoked out or can you join us on, as a special guest on our AMA on Saturday at uh, 9 a.m. your time or anytime, 10 a.m. your time, anytime that's going on. Do tell. We'd love to see you if you won't show up on our show and show up at the AMA. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> That's a compromise, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm being flexible yeah, here. Should be. All right. Well, that's what I've got for now. Okay. What is he sending me? He wants something us to play something on the show. COVID facts, vaccine-induced injury, heart doctors, hospitalization. Oh, you want us to get banned, do you, Dr. Batar? Sure, play it on the show. New platform. <laughs> Won't ever censor, I guarantee it. Oh, I got to call him back about that. All right. Okay. All right. Anything else? Any other announcements, updates, anything we forgot to mention? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. So, have fun climbing a mountain tomorrow. Climb What's the elevation every of mountain? that mountain? It's over 12,000 feet. 12,000. Dude, Something. that's... The, the climb starts 4,400 feet below so the peak. So it's a, think about that, a 4,400-foot climb uh, starting at like 4.35 in the morning. And then we're supposed to get back like So you're going to you're gonna climb eight, basically about around 8,000 feet. Uh, from 8 to 12, yeah. From 8 to 12, something like that, yeah. Seven, upper 7 Oh, you're to starting 12. at 4, how, wait, you said 4? Uh, no, it's a 4,400 foot elevation on the hike. So you're starting, you know, 4,400 feet or so before below the peak, in other words. Oh, okay. I got so you. So you're climbing. That's 4, the elevation feet. game. Okay. Got right? you. Starting right. from there. But okay. still, the air is rare. And, uh, you know, yes. I'm used to, I'm used to uh, exercising intensely in a little bit rarefied air, but not necessarily at 12,000 feet. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, nice. I think that's part well, of the. Make sure, take, take lots of pictures and we'll show them on Thursday. I'll see what I can do. Uh, and I'm going up with a bunch of seniors. You know, in high actually, school. Robert. What? What? Let's do this. What? If you've got service, yeah, do a Facebook Live. 
from or the top Instagram of the mountain. Live or something from the top of the mountain. I have no idea if there's service up there. But You'll have your phone with you? I will. I plan okay. to have it with me. So we'll Wouldn't that be cool to go live on Facebook so everybody could see it? Uh, you I'll probably be shivering. I don't know. It's probably cold at 12,000 feet, even in the yeah, summer. Yeah. I, I, think you should, I think you should try. All right. We'll see if I make it to the top even. I mean, yeah, you will. You know you will. Uh, you know, I Mr. could get to 11,000. Mr. Overachiever. I could get to 11 and go, you know what? That's enough. That's good enough. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but I'm a chaperone too, so I have an excuse if, if I have to stick back with some of the kids that don't go up. Yeah. I don't know. I, again, it's not something I've done, so we'll see what happens. Uh, folks, right. uh, you know, be thinking some good thoughts for tomorrow as you guys are relaxing and chilling by the pool. I'll be climbing up and climbing down. I did get some hiking poles. You ever seen those, the walking mm -hmm. poles? Because I, I heard, especially when you're coming down, it puts a lot of stress on the knees, the joints. It's not so much when you go up, but coming down because you're resisting gravity in a sense, and that's different. And, and I know I've, I've done little hikes, not like this, where I could feel it in the knees. So the poles are supposed to help there. So hopefully they'll, they'll work on the way All down. Right. That's what I want to see happen. So. All right, man. Okay, man. Now, good, you, you're going to do something by the end of the broadcast. I don't know what it is. Did anybody guess? It was a request. I think I want to say it was Murdoch that was the one that made the request. So I think I might be able to pull it off. So. Uh, we'll see if it works. Okay. Well, thank you all for being here. Thanks to Diane Miller. Sorry we didn't get that one guess we planned on, but you know we covered it. We covered some other stories that were important as yeah, well. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get her on because it's an important story. So great archive uh, encore tomorrow, and then back live on Thursday. Please keep sharing the show. If you'd like to be part of our patron uh, supporters, we'd love to have you on Saturday to be part of our AMA coming up noon Eastern, uh, nine a.m. Pacific, and. Mm -hmm. uh, God bless you. I'll see you. Well, let's just say soon enough. And uh, I might be sore. Not soon enough. What are you not talking about? Enough. Not soon enough. I'll see you not, not soon, soon enough. enough. Whatever, dude. Where's Michael Bolden? Is he going to be on the AMA? Did he say anything? He's he's ignoring me right now. He yeah. does that. Mike, hello? I'll shoot him a message, see if I can get him to do it. No, he says he can't do it. He's got to get moved. In the, in the next couple of months, he could probably do something more regular. Ooh. Other than, you know. <laughs> All right, Bolden. If you need any help moving, maybe I know somebody in L.A. that will come help you. That's strong. Are you waiting for me to stop talking? I am. All right. Damn, I don't <laughs> want to be later. rude. Jeez. Later, staters. Later, staters.